This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Philly, it's the Friday News Roundup. We're talking about what's on City Council's fall agenda and the Philadelphia Eagles kick off their season on Sunday. Are the birds ready? It's Friday, September 8th. I'm Trini Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Joining me this week is Sean Walsh, City Hall reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Hey, Sean. Hello there. And John Barchard, CityCast Philly sports contributor and co-host of Bell and the Birdman podcast. Hey, John. Good morning. This is awesome. Yes, I just have to tell everyone we are on the 51st floor of a really tall building in the Pyramid Club studios on Market Street. Thanks, John, for getting us here. Okay, so icebreaker, something fun. Hot topic this week. Where are you guys going to watch the Eagles game on Sunday? Right here in the Pyramid Club. <laughs> <laughs> With a fantastic hall, you can uh, consume brunch at uh, 55 bucks, and it starts at 11. We roll till 7 o'clock, so nice. we're excited to do that. And either that or a, a, a corner bar is probably like my favorite place to watch an Eagles game. Yes. yes. How about for you, Sean? Probably watch it out of my sister's house in the suburbs. Yes, that's I'm I'm a let's watch it at home. Let's yell at the TV. Um, <laughs> let me ask you guys this. Do you own a piece of Kelly Green clothing? For sure. I got my uh, Kelly Green Eagles T-shirt with the legends of the vet on the background nice. uh, on the back rather that I uh, purchased from a gentleman in the parking lot of the link. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Oh yeah. Uh, we're making our own Kelly green hats. We did that last year. So Ooh, we're bringing them back. Yeah. We have been searching the Eagles pro shop for uh, all of August. And let me tell you, there is no Kelsey or Hertz jerseys to be found in there. So <laughs> I guess fanatics was not lying about uh, being out. But yes, I, it is a, it is Kelly Green for sure this year. Yes. We've I been have, waiting 30 years. You yes. Know? I have a Kelly Green hoodie and it's 90 degrees and I'm going to wear it. <laughs> That's all I got. True Eagles fan right there. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about some news topics of the week. Sean, we are just months away from the November general election. Voters will be making their choices for several leadership positions in city government, including a new mayor, city council and city commissioners. And there's more now. Big news this week. Democratic Governor Josh Shapiro is endorsing Philadelphia City Council member Kendra Brooks for a second term. And Brooks is with the Working Families Party, which is a third party. So, Sean, can you like briefly explain to us what's the significance of this endorsement? Absolutely. So Governor Shapiro recently elected, recently took office, is known for being a moderate Democrat. He's friends with the FOP, the police union, and supports some conservative education policies. And then Kendra Brooks with the Working Families Party is the polar opposite of that, at least within the Democratic Party or within the left, rather. She's with the Working Families Party, which sometimes gets involved in Democratic politics. And sometimes, like in the case of Kendra, puts forth their own candidates to, to run for office. So she's an incumbent. She won a historic election in 2019 as the first person in more than a century to win a seat on city council from a third party. 
And to get this endorsement from someone like Shapiro, who has a lot of name ID and who is from a different part of the political spectrum than her, can be really important. Yeah. Which city council races are you keeping your eye on? So there's three this fall that look like they're going to be competitive. There's 17 seats on city council. All of them are on the ballot. But because the city is so overwhelmingly Democratic, almost all of them are basically in the bag for the Democrat. So there's three that involve Republicans. One is a district council race in Northeast Philadelphia, which is longtime incumbent Brian O'Neill, a Republican facing a strong challenge from sheet metal workers union leader Gary Messino. And then the other two are the at-large seats that are reserved for basically non-Democrats, for people who are not a member of the dominant party. So that's where you have Kendra and her running mate with the Working Families Party, Nicholas O'Rourke, running against two Republicans, Drew Murray and Jim Hasher. We will keep our eyes out for those races. Can you just remind us again, what's the difference between a district council seat and an at-large seat? Thanks for asking. Philadelphia has a really complicated system for its city council (laughs) setup, so it does require reminding. Um, So there are 10 district seats, which basically means they've chopped the city up into 10 geographic areas, and that's pretty straightforward. You can only vote for your local person. Then there are seven at-large seats, which are elected citywide. Like we just mentioned, five of them almost always go to Democrats, and then two of them have to go to members of minority parties, and that's where you get the competitive race. Another big topic in city council is who will be the next city council president. City council president Daryl Clark is not running for re-election. So do we have any names who could potentially be the next president? Absolutely. It's a really interesting council race because there's an enormous amount of turnover in city council, both in the primary and also in the elections that we just talked about and over the last few election cycles. So there's a lot of new faces And the names who have been put forward so far are the very few veterans of city council. So you have Kenyatta Johnson, who represents the second district. And that's in South Philly. That's in South Philly and Southwest Philly. Mm -hmm. And then there's Curtis Jones Jr., who represents the fourth district. And that's in West Philly. West Philly Philly. and Northwest Philly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they've been on council a long time and they are sort of seen as the front runners. Mm -hmm. You also have uh, Mark Squillo, who represents part of South Philly and the River Wards in the first district. And there could be a dark horse candidate. You could see one of the younger members like Catherine Gilmore Richardson or Isaiah Thomas also getting involved potentially. City council district members also kind of determine what happens, what kind of developments happen in their districts. So for Mark Squilla, for example, that's the Sixers proposal. That's the Reading Viaduct project, which we've talked on the show. Can you tell us a little bit about that importance as well? Sure. So in Philadelphia, city council members follow this tradition. It's sort of like an unwritten rule known as councilmanic prerogative. There's a lot of debate about whether it's good for the city or not. What the district council members will tell you is that they are the people who know their district best. So what ends up happening is that all of the other 16 members will default to the decision of the one district member if it comes to like a land use decision in their district. So What ends up happening is that this one member has a lot of control over one development. Right now, Mark Squillo's district happens to include the site where the 76ers want to build a new arena in Center City. So he's sort of the point man for that. Although, because the project is so big, other members will probably weigh in on that one. 
Okay, for sure. Let's talk about some of the bills um, that will come before council this fall. Can you tell me what's on the agenda? Sure. The big thing, if it gets introduced by Squilla, will be the Sixers Arena approval legislation. There will probably be a package of bills. They need zoning, other types of permissions to be able to build at 10th and Market. They'll have to strike part of Filbert Street, which means just close it to traffic, remove it from the city grid between 10th and 11th. Mm. So there, yeah, (laughs) I already hate that. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) that is uh, that is a big deal. And um, there is a question about whether Squilla is going to introduce that this fall or wait until January. The 76ers say that they need it done this fall. Uh I'm really curious, like who is. There's no way this doesn't pass, right? That's that's what I keep feeling. I'm still kind of like back and forth if it's a good idea for the city in general, but I just have a feeling this is not going to work and they don't care and they're just going to ram it on through. Is that the basic feeling that you get as well? I think that if you were to, you know, give some truth serum to every city council member and say, "Would you vote for this if it, if you had to vote for it right now, do or die?" I think it would probably pass. It has been this weird political football, though. There's been a lot of twists and turns. And the only way it doesn't pass, I would imagine, would be if the Sixers sort of shoot themselves in the foot politically. So we'll see what happens. I mentioned the timing with January. I think Squilla doesn't want to have to introduce the bill and get yelled at by a lot of people and then have to reintroduce it when the new session starts in January. So there is a question of if they force him to introduce it in the fall and it goes down in flames, will he want to do that all again in January? So there, there are ways that it could fall apart, but I think you're right that council by and large doesn't have a problem with it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, what are some other um, bills on the agenda? Sure. So like I said, that one's going to dominate, but there will be other pieces of legislation this fall. You usually see a bunch of members trying to get in their priorities at the last second before the end of December. Mm -hmm. So you'll see things pop up. So there's some stuff that we don't know yet. But one thing that will almost certainly come up is a bill by District Council Member Ketsi Lozada to ban what are known as safe injection sites in her district, Kensington and different parts of North Philly. And Obviously, the open-air drug market is a huge issue up there, and Mayor Jim Kenney's administration has been supportive of opening these safe injection sites in order to reduce overdose deaths, and Kensington and parts of South Philadelphia were mentioned as potential locations for those, and then the district council members for for those areas, however, do not want it to happen in their backyard, as you could understand. Gotcha. So what happened earlier this year was Ketsy introduced her bill, eliminate the the possibility of a safe injection site in her district, as well as a couple other districts of people who co-sponsored it. And then nine out of the 10 district council members ended up signing on to the bill. So if this were to pass, then it would be impossible to open one of these in nine-tenths of the city. The exception would be the West Philadelphia-based third district, where progressive council member Jamie Gautier has not signed on to this bill. Shifting gears. We're going to talk about the Eagles now. 
Did anyone go to that first ever Kelly Green block party? Our good friend Taylor Cardenas, uh, who's sitting to my right, absolutely did. And uh, when, I think there was, it felt like 6,000 people were hanging it out. It was. So. It was insane. And it was all free. I want them to do it again. It was epic. Let's talk about this team, the reigning NFC champions. We've got some new players. We've got some veterans coming back. Sunday's game is with the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Eh. Um, <laughs> what are your predictions for Sunday's game? Oh, man, don't ask me that. That's, that's such a terrible <laughs> deploy. Well, I think they're actually going to lose on Sunday. I, I'm just going to really? get that out of the way. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, just I thought we were going a different direction. I know, I know. But it's good news in the end. They've never played Bill. Jalen Hurts has never played Bill. They were kind of like average pretty much against the Blitz. That's what Bill loves to do against younger quarterbacks. Bill Belichick, the coach, coach of the NFL, as I like to address <laughs> him, dun, dun, uh, dun, unfortunately. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, Bill Belichick is a very amazing defensive mind. The Eagles are kind of going through both coordinator switches. One, That's I true. think the fan base believes is going to be great. And Sean Desai, he's the new defensive coordinator. Brian Johnson uh, was here last year with the staff. Was uh, Jalen Hurts' basic like personal quarterback coach is now coaching the offense. So I think people are, are really excited. But I also think it's going to take them a little bit of time coming off of such a great Super Bowl run. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's 65 to nothing and we're all celebrating. <laughs> but then after that, I just, I, I'm viewing a, a big, nice 11 to 12 win season. They win the division. Feels a lot like Andy Reid all those years. And we're on the road to building a dynasty here, Trinae. So. Nice, nice. All right, let's talk about some players on the offense. We'll, we'll split it up. Offense and then defense. Who should we be looking forward to playing this season? Uh, I know the obvious things are probably like Hurts and A.J. Brown. I'm looking forward to that friendship continuing to blossom this season. And A.J. Brown is the wide receiver. (laughs) Yes, A.J. Brown was traded last year from the Tennessee Titans. There was a lot of hype around him. He lived up to every expectation and more. But his counterpart on the other side, Devontae Smith, who they drafted 10th overall, uh, stepping into his third year this year. Everybody is really excited about his, you know, wide receiver leap in the third year. That's very common in the NFL. Okay. Um, And I think if he gets any better, this team is going to be pretty unstoppable between him, between tight end Dallas Goddard, the four running backs that they have. They ended up with basically a Pro Bowl running back for free from the Detroit Lions called DeAndre Swift, who's wearing the number zero, which I also think is really badass for a running back. That's weird. Uh, And... (laughs) A great pass catcher. I think Philadelphia is going to love him. So, yeah, I, there's some there's some r- really good new players, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing the old ones blossom here. Uh, remind me, Jalen Carter. Yes. He's a big deal, right? Ooh, so big. Jalen Carter is going to be an amazing impact player. He's a defensive tackle from Georgia, was part of the national championship crew that was there, along with his teammate who was drafted here last year, Jordan Davis, also a defensive tackle. So both of them together, I think, are going to create this just huge amount of sacks. You match that with N'Kobe Dean, who plays linebacker, also part of the Georgia Bulldogs. It's just really, really exciting to see these new young guys that have all played together. and They're immediately like going to be plugged into one of the best defenses in the NFL. There's a lot of new talent from Georgia. And at the Kelly Green block party, people were... Barking. Yes. Get used to that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to be Philly dogs has the been Philly a thing dogs, that has yes. been kind of brewing through. And for people that wore dog masks in 2017, I yes. think it kind of fits we were, right in. We were hungry dogs. <laughs> yes. And man, and as Jalen says, I think we're starving. We're starving for yeah. Jalen Hurts to win a Super Bowl here. So. Nice, nice. All right. 
On the other side, defense, there's a lot of new names on the roster. Who should we look forward to playing? Well, besides Jalen Carter, who's who's probably the bigger focal point, another Georgia Bulldog teammate, Nolan Smith, is kind of an interesting pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was drafted uh, late in the first round, around 30th. He's got tremendous athleticism, just like another defensive end, Hassan Reddick, who came here last year and set the world on fire with how many sacks yes. that he had. <laughs> it's almost like having a mini version of him. I think Eagles fans are going to have to give him a little time. His technique in terms of like being able to shuck off big guys is going to take some time, but his speed is incredible. So very excited for the defense. I actually think it's going to be more of the superstar this year than the offense, at least by the eyes. But yes, that with Kelly Green match, it's almost like heaven. So, And we still have uh, Kelsey and Graham and Cox and all those guys are coming back too. Absolutely. It's uh it's a good mix of veterans. Uh, it, this The problem when the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017 is everybody was just so old, so old. And you've got an influx of a, a lot of young talent and young guys that are haven't even hit their prime yet. It sounds from what you're saying like you have a lot of confidence in the new guys. Is that normal to have that confidence in the rookies? Nope. and that's all because of the program which they came from it just kind of wraps right back around to Georgia and general manager Howie Roseman who controls all of this stuff and you know still is looking for probably some new players Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes the uh, Georgia defensive coordinator at some point and makes him the Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator Interesting. All right. I can't wait for the game on Sunday. Before we head off and enjoy the weekend, I've got to ask you some recommendations on where are your favorite places to grab food when watching a sports game. Sean, I'm going to start with you. Got to go with my neighborhood bar, the New Wave Cafe. That's the go-to, and it's it's a good one. Oh, I like it. What neighborhood is this? Queen Village. Nice. I'm going to kind of stick in somewhat of the same area and actually go to Hawthorne's Cafe. That's just a a great spot, especially if you want to grab a breakfast sandwich beforehand. Uh, all of their like skillet dishes are, are perfect. I love it. Nice. Uh, Bella Vista area. Yeah. Nice. One thing I love is Food Chasers, which is in Elkins Park. They have the Jalen special, which is a cheesesteak. And I'm also going to try this other new spot. It's called All Day Hoagies. It's on Gerard Avenue in North Philly. Oh, man. One quick honorary shout out. I just remembered Brotherly Grub makes an incredible like Southwestern style cheesesteak that oh brisket cheesesteak that blew my mind. So if you can find them, follow them on Instagram. Must try. Nice. Nice. All right. That was John Barchard, CityCast Philly sports contributor and co-host of Bell and the Birdman and Sean Walsh, City Hall reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thank you both so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thank you, Trinae. Thanks so much. It's time for the tip of the week, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. COVID cases are starting to pick up again, so the city is giving out free at-home COVID test kits. You can pick up the test Mondays through Fridays from one of the city health department's resource hubs and various libraries. And the city is giving out tests for community organizations that are having events. We'll have a link to the Billy Penn story with more info about where to get free tests in our show notes. If you have a tip of the week, we'd love to hear from you too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our lead producer is Laura Benchoff. 
Our producers are Abby Fritz and Elizabeth Kama. Our Hey Philly newsletter editor is Brittany Valentine. And our host is me, Trina Marie. Music is by Philly's own Interminable, with additional music from All the Kimonos and James Weldon. If you enjoyed this week of episodes, tell a friend, tell your coworker, tell your neighbor, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Philly. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend and be safe. Go Birds! Bye.